health is about more than just staying fit. And with every year that goes by, I'm becoming more and more fascinated by how what we eat can impact our health and our potential, with a particular focus on gut health and the gut microbiome. It's not just what I eat either, it's how I eat too. It's all connected. That's why I've developed my own number one living drinks brand. Number One Living is based on this idea, the simple notion that by putting our well-being first and improving the quality of what we put into our bodies, we get more out of life. My range of kombucha drinks are full of bacterial life cultures, designed for a happy and healthy gut. They're sugar-free, vegan and naturally sourced, so you can feel great on the inside and enjoy life on the outside. Choose from refreshing raspberry, passion fruit or our award-winning ginger and turmeric kombucha. The number one living range is widely available in Sainsbury's, Holland and Barrett's and Boots stores and online at numberoneliving.com. Grab yours today. Okay, on with the show. Before I go, I want to say a final thank you to the sponsors of today's podcast, Vitality. For me, the secret to a happy and healthy life is about living consciously. And when we can align those little things we do and decisions we make every day with the life we really want to live, it really makes a difference, which is when the team over at Vitality comes in. Their comprehensive cover enables us all to live a happier, healthier life, whether it's through offering discounts on gym memberships at Virgin Active, Nuffield Health or Pure Gym, or on activity trackers from Garmin, Polar and Samsung. For me, I've been an ambassador with Vitality for several years now, and undoubtedly the feeling of true support when someone cares about you and your health and your quality of life it makes a massive difference. So you can take the small steps to make the meaningful changes. Head to vitality.co.uk for more information. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Johnny Wilkinson, and this is my podcast, I Am. This week's episode is with Rhonda Byrne, an amazing woman. If you want to know why I'm speaking to Rhonda and what she's about, then head over to Tuesday's episode where you can catch up on a few of my thoughts about what's coming and the possibilities it holds. Rhonda Byrne is the creator of the documentary, The Secret, and the author of the secret series of books that have been translated into a staggering 50 languages. They remain one of the longest running bestsellers of this century. She reveals what it's taken for her to change the way she sees herself and her world and explains how our thoughts have the power to determine our reality and how that shift has radically transformed her life experience and still continues to do so. Please let me know your thoughts. So important that this becomes a two-way conversation and you can help guide me to more of what's resonating for you. In the meantime, enjoy the episode. I'm Johnny Wilkinson. This is I Am with Rhonda Byrne. Rhonda, hello. Thank you so much for joining us. It's such a massive, massive privilege and it's going to be a, an amazing Amazing discussion, I know. First of all, how are you? Very well, thank you, Johnny. And let's hope that in our discussion we free people and bring them a lot of <laughs> happiness. That's definitely, definitely the goal. The, the podcast we call the I Am podcast for that very reason. We're exploring the innate, inherent, infinite abilities that already exist in all of us and trying to return back there if you like or release ourselves back there so that's definitely my goal and it seems to have been your goal also with obviously the secret series I guess what's underneath that as a as a project or as a, as a life's ambition you know what it wasn't even a life ambition I was just living a normal life just like everybody else and it was really in 2004 that I had a heck of a year it was really really rough my father who who was young just died really suddenly one morning and I was making at the time six movies I had a production company but they were about unsolved murders so a really kind of gruesome subject and and so that year from the time that my father died suddenly, which was 1st of March in 2004, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And, of course, now I understand why it happened, why it happened that way on, on a lot of levels. So on a basic physical level, it happened that way because I was in grief and grief is one of the lowest frequencies that you can get yourself onto. And so on that grief frequency is 
a lot of rough things <laughs> that knock you about. And so it was just a really tough year. And I got to the point of September my relationships were in tatters. Everything that could go wrong on those movies that were making did go wrong. I lost staff and that never happened. Equipment broke down and my health was terrible. I was sleeping in edit suites. And, and so then on the uh, 9th of September in the evening, my accountant called and said, you're going to You've gone over budget by $2 million. And he said, so, you know, in 30 days you will have lost everything you know, your home, your company, absolutely everything. And so I was just, I just, I was rolling back. I was so stunned. And as I hung up the phone, like this was so beautifully orchestrated, Johnny, and life is so stunningly orchestrated. As I put the phone down, and I think it was a hardline phone, it rang immediately and it was my mother who was so grief-stricken with my father having died that she said she just can't go on. And I just collapsed because these things were beyond anything I could fix. I couldn't fix my mother's grief. I couldn't stop everything from collapsing financially within 30 days. And so where I'd been misfixit, misproblem solver all of my life, it was all too much. And I and I just, you know what, I, I've reflected back on that night so many times, I gave in. I kind of surrendered. And in that moment of surrender, my daughter walked out and and asked what was wrong. And I didn't go into any details, but she could see I was all in tears. And she came back and she had this photocopied, grubby bit of manuscript with a bulldog clip on it. And she just so nonchalantly said, read this, it'll help. And I mean, I just had the world falling in on top of me, but for some crazy reason, it's like something was moving me rather than me moving me. And I moved on to, I remember the edge of the sofa or the couch, and I started reading this. And it was all of my tears were hitting the page as I was watching the ink run, you know, as the tears hit. And in one and a half hours, my entire life had changed. And that's what it took to read that book, which was a 1910 book written by Wallace Wattles. And it's called The Science of Getting Rich. And you can download it for free on the secret website, which is thesecret.tv. So when I read that book, I somehow or another knew far more than was in that book. And it's like in the spaces between the lines, I was just had this huge download, you know, quantum download or divine download, whichever you would like to call it. And I just knew I had discovered something that very few people knew, and that is that our thoughts create our life. And so I didn't tell anybody what I had discovered. Instead, I researched this knowledge all the way back through history, actually to the Emerald Tablet. And that's how then The Secret was born. And I can remember going into my production office and I said to my team, we are going to make something that's just going to change the world. And they thought had absolutely lost it, you know. (laughs) But that was the beginning of my spiritual journey, really. I have to say that when my father passed and I was in the room with him, when he took his last breath, the entire room, my experience was, the entire room filled with him and he was all through me. And I was just overcome by this incredible bliss. And so I did have that occur. And I I did have another experience when I was like 10 or 12 years old. But other than that, I hadn't been on a spiritual journey. I thought this world is real, it's solid, we're all separate from each other. <laughs> the very painful way to view the world, really painful, causes a lot of suffering for all of us when we have that perspective. And it's not true. You know, it's not true. The world is not what it appears to be. And even Science will tell us that the, you know, that the table or the chair or whatever we're sitting on is not solid and it's mostly space. 
Well, spiritual traditions will tell you, and science then says there's subatomic particles and, you know, and they're going down and down and down. But spiritual traditions will tell you that, in fact, you keep drilling down and and the subatomic particles you thought were particles are also space and they're just movement and movement of, of what? Movement of nothing. It's just movement, and that's what energy is. So this whole thing is an incredible projection. And I think when you really know that to be true by your own experience, the world is even more incredible than when you thought it was solid, right? It's fantastic. So so that began my spiritual journey for sure. And then following the secret, I mean, I completely changed my life on every single subject health, relationships, money. That was a really big one for me, money, because I'd been brought up, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. We can't afford that, all of those things. So I'd been conditioned into lack, lack consciousness, and I needed to turn that into an abundant consciousness. So that was my, I would say, the biggest journey in making the secret because I was squeezed all along the way over money and I knew that being squeezed about money was saying to me, you have to change your mindset about money. And so I'd say to anybody out there that that was brought up and if you don't in your life right now have everything that you need and you, you're not living the life that you kind of dreamt that you would live where you just have everything you need, you can completely change that. You can change it on every single subject. So you mentioned at the heart of that story about the, the actually behind the secrets, the idea that your thoughts are essentially being manifest into your reality. You mentioned just at the, at the beginning about how we have to open almost to an understanding that all is not as it appears. It's really interesting that, because I I saw the secret uh, video of the motivational coach of the the club I was playing at the time, was quite ahead of his, his own time and had us watching that. And it was so powerful, but I just wasn't ready because it went in and yet my awareness wasn't tuned in. For some reason, I, want, I thought it was such a great idea, but but six months later, I read the book and I was reading the book thinking, I remember this, but I had done nothing in between. I didn't have that awareness. And yet I think, I think that opening hadn't happened in me, but the opening towards things can happen and they don't have to happen ways you've seen them happen before. They, don't ha- they won't necessarily happen the way you think they're going to happen. And to let that go, but also in that same way you were speaking about yourself, to let go of so much of what you've built yourself upon or what's what you've been given or handed or conditioned with, those two things working hand in hand, it took me so long to open to that because of the controlling nature of this is how things should happen, this is when they're going to happen, and then the reaction you mentioned when they don't. And then you end up digging really deep into your reaction causing yourself a good few and and as you mentioned before with people generations before 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 doing this it takes so much willpower to break that cycle and to actually say you know what I'm going to go against what I think I know about me about the world that sounds really really interesting I've discovered now on this incredible journey that that freedom happiness and abundance come from not from acquiring anything within us, for example, but for letting things go that we'd already taken on board. So it's kind of peeling an onion. So the more layers that you can peel off, the happier you will become, the more that life will serve you in every moment. Everything you do will be absolutely effortless you know, things, you'll just have a thought, it just appears, everything just goes your way. It's just like, it's absolutely magnificent because we are keeping the abundance out. If it is not coming into your life, you are doing things that's keeping it out. And one of the things can be that the only way that you can get money is by working and to work harder. Which is against the effortless, it's not, it's against the effortless principle here. Totally. And it keeps out every other possibility. Like the way to get more money, the only way that money is going to come to me is through work. That 
belief will stop all the other possibilities which are unlimited of the way that money can come to you. So just that, see that, if if that is something that people listening believe, let it go. Just see it right now. That is a belief. That is not true. That doesn't serve me. And just let it go. And then if you observe in yourself that belief kind of appearing, just notice it and it'll collapse again. So yes, I think money, you know, money and health are two big things, but then people also, you know, can struggle with relationships and relationships are always showing us where we're at as well. So the closest people in our lives are reflecting back to us the areas that we need to kind of clean up and purify kind of with within ourselves. Whereas we may tend to sort of look at them and try and change them rather than purify ourselves. <laughs> That's exactly <Yeah>. right. Like <laughs> the, the people that, and if you look at the world currently, there is one recipe for unhappiness that is guaranteed, and that is where you are trying to change the world to feel happy or happier. You're trying to change it. You will never do it. You will remain unhappy for the rest of your life. It's got nothing to do with the world. It has to do with you. It has to do with your feelings inside of you. And and currently in the world, we see, you know, I know certainly here in the States, there's a lot of friction with people trying to control other people instead of to be happy. You know, you need to do this so I can be happy. You will do, it will never work. It will never work. Your happiness belongs to you. And if you think about it, let's just be a little bit logical. Where do you feel happiness inside you? And so (laughs) nobody could jump inside you and feel happy, feel your happiness for you. So all of your feelings of happiness are within you and they are totally under your control and actually have nothing to do with anybody else in the world. And so it's like saying to somebody, you know, I want you to do 10 backflips and triple somersaults for me to be happy. And you can see how fruitless that would be, (laughs) that you're never going to do it. And it's just really, really tough and causes a lot of suffering when we are looking to the world for our happiness rather than looking within. And that doesn't mean to say that you don't enjoy all of the wonderful physical things in the world and get to do the things you want to do and experience the things you want to experience. But those things will never bring you lasting happiness. Those things, as everybody knows, that new car, you were so excited. And then after a short amount of time, that happiness is gone. It just, it came and it went. And one of the biggest things, and I think potentially this was for you too, if you have a really, really, really big dream, you tell yourself that I'm going to be permanently happy when this dream is realised. This is such a big dream. So you strive all of your life for this dream and then the dream happens and you're incredibly happy, but the happiness is as fleeting as it was with everything else, and then what? Then you like suddenly very empty about life and and kind of plummet down. I know a lot of people who've realised really big dreams and then they really suffer a lot after that, but that's also a message to us. No, you are looking in the wrong direction because we're always looking outward and we need to turn around. We need to do a U-turn and we need to go inward. Because inward, there is a well of happiness that is never ending. And it's almost a happiness that you can barely handle. It's so good. And that's that's the, the revelation of the letting go, the constantly letting go is the revealing of that happiness. Because the danger of two things happened to me, I guess. One is that the more I got what I wanted and I was able, with whatever I was able to control for a brief time, or I felt like I could control my external environment. I got what I wanted and I grew far less. And also while I was getting what I wanted, I was causing quite a lot of sort of distress to others because, you know, what happens if if I get everything I want? What happens to everyone else? And I think I ran out, I stopped having as many challenges and I stopped growing. 
And then when I finally got there, after all the work, as you mentioned, you sit there and you think, what now? As in, nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. I think the best moment for me was at the culmination of that happening for me. It was before it happened, but whilst it was kind of close to happening, there was a sense that for the first time that you were truly worthy and deserving of it, but it hadn't yet happened. And it was that space that I felt, now that's where I felt most alive. When it had happened, it was almost like, so what? And when I was in the space of thinking, plagued by those ideas of it will never happen, it was almost like, well, what's this about? But there was a moment there where it hadn't happened and yet you felt totally worthy and deserving of it. And it just felt like that was the perfect balance to live. Yeah. I mean, I was fortunate enough that when the secret swept the world, I understood a lot more about life. So there was no kind of going down for me. Like that was that the the secret and that freeing as many people as possible. Like my my intention was to bring joy to millions of people. That was my intention. And so when it did that, I felt like it had already happened because I'd lived that mentally and visualized it and it had just become a part of me. And so when it happened, I felt like it had already happened. It was so great and I had such good time that I just decided to rewind and go back in time and relive it. That's kind of what it was okay, like yeah. for me. But, <laughs> yeah, okay. but I was really fortunate that I, that I was really in tune with my feelings by then and I'm very, very aware of my thoughts and aware of my feelings and so it was just the beginning for me. The secret was the beginning. I was just like, I've got to find more of the truth to share with people. I just have to find it. And so that kind of set me off on a journey, 24-7 search for more of the truth. When you mentioned about, at the beginning, pretending about the, the world you want to live in and how you're pretending you're about your own reality, at what point does that, for you, does that sort of become believing and does that believing become knowing? Because I, I've been in many dressing rooms with a lot of guys who are so fearful and so anxious and yet trying to tell themselves that it's all going to be great and they're going to be amazing, but you can see there's such a, a conflict going on the inside and yet there's a, there's just the few that sit there in, as you mentioned, effortless ease and you look at them and and that you describe, that's knowing. That's knowing that that's readiness. That's real readiness. And yet, so is there a process for you that it went from pretending in conflict to believing and then to, as you said, I think you said when, this, when you the secret was made, it was almost like I've now, I now know my abundance and money, my relationship with it. I know of it. I would say on the kind of emotional scale where we have grief down the bottom and then we gradually climb up. And grief is at the level of disempowerment, total disempowerment kind of. And then gradually as you go up the scale, we've got the emotional scale in the documentary, I think. But gradually as you go up, like anger is getting your power back and, you know, hatred sort of down there as well, pretty low. And as you go up the scale, passion and um, optimism and all of those things, and then you get to believe which is second from the top, and the top is joy, love, and knowing. And for me, the secret was I was on believing, but with what the secret would do in the world, I was absolutely knowing. I knew it. I knew it from the moment I discovered it. Like like, like the universe had said, you finally found the reason why you're here. And now you now you need to go and do it. I knew this was what I was meant to do. I knew I needed to do it more than anything else. And it just became a part of me. And that's that knowing. And that knowing is effortless. And that knowing has everything done for you. And believing too is, is a great step on the way. But when you get to knowing, and I would say that's the difference between the secret and the greatest secret that I my latest book the secret is believing and the greatest secret is knowing 
And so getting to the point of knowing. So the greatest secret is more about peeling that onion of all of the things that don't serve you, getting in your way and losing all of those emotions and reactions and and concepts that don't serve us. Like, for example, one of the things for sure is our opinions, And the more opinions we have, the unhappier we will be. And so the less opinions we have, the more joy we will have in our life. So the less opinions, the less fixed ideas, the less kind of fixed beliefs, the less we have of those, the happier we will be. And so if you just think about that, like people can be pretty opinionated, right? And I was too. Like I thought a good person has to have opinions, right? And a good person has to point out all the bad things because that shows that you're a good person because you're like, no, they shouldn't have done that. That's bad. They were dishonest. And, And no, that's not the way it works because even though it seems like there's 8 billion of us, there's only one of us. And for law of attraction, that you can call that by many names, law of consciousness, law of mind, but by law of attraction, there's only one. So whatever you think and whatever you say about another, you are bringing to you. So when you blame another, that blame is going to come back to you in in its own form. And I just think it's the greatest setup of all time, you know, because... <laughs> But the unfortunate thing is most people don't associate. They, As you said earlier, they're like, that person is so negative and I don't want to be around that person because they're so negative. There's always a reason we have these. Like that person is just saying you've got to clean some things up in your life and if you feel good, so if I go to the secret level, If you feel really good and you just do your best to feel good each day, gratitude and focus on the things that you want, which to me, what you want is positive thinking, right, rather than what you don't want, which is negative thinking, and talk about the things that you want, then law of attraction can't put you and that person in the same place. Like if that person's in a bad mood, they will not be in your experience because it's just the frequencies of energy. So that's on a secret level, when you get to where you've begun to let everything go, which is what I did in the 14 years, even though I wrote other books in between, but when you let everything go, here is what happens. Oh, it's so good. The things that used to bother you, the subjects, the people that would get on your nerves, Even the people that you had a grudge about, you know, something happened in the past or none of those things affect you anymore. And, in fact, you're like, why was I even bothered by that person? There's nothing wrong with that person. (laughs) Nothing affects you anymore in the way that it used to. And this, this, this is freedom. (gasps) This is absolute freedom because if those things don't affect you, it means they're not taking your happiness or they don't take your happiness, but your reaction to them can take your happiness from you. And so you find yourself swimming in this pool of happiness that is with you all of the time, even when something happens in the outside world that's a challenging thing or a difficult thing it doesn't touch your happiness and you have the cl- you have such clarity as to what to do if it involves you you know and and problems they don't exist there just isn't there aren't problems anymore because all problems are mental anyway so they're what the mind conjures up or oh, you've got a problem here you better solve this because the mind keeps us trapped by creating these problems, highlighting them in our mind and then trying to find the solutions. But the mind actually can't find solutions. It's only a problem maker. And so what it does is it creates more problems out of the thing that you thought you just solved. And so what happens in our life is we spend our entire life putting out spot fires, putting out problems, 
you know, and if, if everybody looks in their life, do you have any problems at the moment? Are you absolutely problem free or do you have any problems? And you might have problems around finances. You might have, you know, a challenging health situation. You might have a relationship that is in tatters, you know, and it's not in a good state, or you might not love your job, or you don't get on with your boss or work colleagues or all of those kinds. So any, if we got any problems in our life, it's the mind that's creating them. And when we can see that, then we can be free because we then can take the steps to free ourselves. The mind is the most, most incredible creative tool. It will create anything and everything. It's totally creative. So it creates all the things we want and all the things we don't want. It creates both equally. But if we can use it just for what it was meant to be used for, which is to create the things we want, instead of running us, instead of being our psychotherapist, our psychiatrist, our flatmate, who never will be quiet, who is commenting on absolutely everything. Oh, look at him, you know, he shouldn't have been like that. Oh, gosh, I'm going to be late. But if people realise that the path to happiness is the stillness, in the mind, when the mind is not creating problems, when the mind is not covering over our inherent happiness, we're free. For me, fear was a big sort of flatmate of mine, if you'd say. But from an age where where I, I didn't sort of have any concept of it, it was just apparent from my earliest days in a big, big way. But what I found I was doing was constantly, as you said, putting out that spot fire by trying to reassure the fear and then wondering why the fear came back hungrier because I was turning it into an even bigger machine. I was giving it more and more food. But to step out of that cycle, for me, the eventual thing was was exactly what you said. To step out of that cycle was to take an objective, step back and take an objective sort of view, a witnessing view of the fear and just allow it untouched rather than keep feeding it and I was desperate to feed it I would I'd do anything I'd run around finding answers anywhere I possibly could thinking that my fear machine was going to have that last bite of reassurance and then suddenly go oh by the way I've transformed into a joy machine for you now but of course it never (laughs) happened it just grew and grew and the only thing that revealed that joy was sitting back and saying hold on let me step out and do the one thing I've never done before which is just allow the fear and see where it wants to go itself rather than and, and allow it, like you said, allow it out. But that stillness you mentioned, for me, that took place and takes place in in the kind of meditative sort of area. Is that something that, that has its role in the in the secret then with this calming of the mind and the the sort of silencing? It's really amazing what you discovered about fear because that's the only way that we can be free of negative emotions, is to allow them to be here. It's energy in the body and it's suppressed and it's in the subconscious mind and sitting back and just allowing it to be here to not trying to fix it, not trying to change it, not trying to make it go away, but fully surrendering to it, so allowing it fully, what happens is you just release it And the next time you feel fear, it's way, way diminished. Like it just doesn't have the power again. You let that one go, you do the same thing. And in the shortest amount of time, you don't feel fear anymore or you don't feel anger anymore. And that was what I did with every single one of my emotions from 216 to now was letting them, whenever they arose, just welcoming them I call it welcoming and allowing them to be here fully and then they just dissipate and of course they're just covering up this incredible happiness that we are it's really really interesting I think to pay real homage to them to the the secrets message and the powers is even just in almost a different relationship with challenge in that because you're so interested in yourself and what it's revealing is your next possibility, you become almost curiously excited about your challenges, which mean you you kind of still call them challenges, but you have to rewrite a definition for that now. And the and so you almost want to be challenged, but also you, you want what you want, but you want to be challenged as well, which for a pre 
game dressing room. I always use that analogy because it's, it's quite a powerful one for a pre-game sort of two minutes before kickoff in a big dressing room. That's invincibility. When you know, I really want this, but if I don't get it and I get challenged, I really want that as well. And then you go out there and go, so I'm free. Whereas the person in there is saying, I've never lost. I've never lost. Does that mean I'm invincible? It's like, no, that normally means you might be the most fragile in the change room thinking, I can't lose, I can't. And the second thing you mentioned, which is so powerful, is that your role in all your preparation is just to is to be as happy and joyful as, as possible in every moment. And it goes against every message. And, and okay, you mentioned about sitting back and in that, fire of those challenging emotions and that may be the process and the courage that it takes but actually when someone says right what's going to get me there well what's going to get you to the top of your of whatever it is you want is enjoying life immensely in every moment and just realizing that you're free and you sort of say oh well this will never catch on (laughs) yeah this is this is too good it's too good to be true it's such a powerful message because we experience the opposite so, so often. Yes, we do. And the last thing we would have thought of because we think that everything has to change in the world is that we will have incredible happiness and no fear, realise our own immortality and not suffer from emotions or wild thoughts if we just let thoughts and feelings go and thoughts not to believe them, not to follow them down the rabbit hole, you know, they take us off and we get lost in the thought we're not even here, you know, in the room because we're in our head thinking we're walking down the street and we're not in the street. We're, we're listening to the thoughts in our head or somebody's talking to you, you're not even hearing them because you're listening to the thoughts in your head or what you're going to say next. And so to be free of that, where the mind has such control over you, to be free of negative feelings is absolutely amazing. And everything that you've ever wanted in your life will come to you. When you are free of those two things, life will be incredible. So I wonder now, you know, how is it that my mind is so still which it is, I use it for what it's needed for, you know, to connect with you at this particular time. And I I do also use it if there's something that I see would be great. I could just like think it for, just visualise it for like three seconds and it will will come. So it's really, yeah, it's really, and I don't visualise that much anymore because it always comes before I know I need it. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. Oh, yeah, I would have yeah. needed that if I realised I'd needed it. So yeah. so I think the steps that I – here are the steps that I took. I didn't meditate in like a conventional way that people meditate. So I never meditated like still in the mind. However, I would say this. I would say most of my life now is contemplative meditation. So – So now for me, if you are aware and you are conscious in your day, you are meditating. So that is how I define meditation now, to be very aware. So you're aware of everything on the outside, but you're also aware of everything on the inside because on the outside are images and sounds, but on the inside is also images and sounds and on the inside are sensations as well. So I think with The Secret, I managed to train my mind to be positive, to focus on what I wanted, and I was so determined to do that. And I was so overflowing with belief about this law that we could use for anything. And I did miraculous things that would would seem impossible for people because our mind is just a program it's just it's not an entity it's just a program that we have programmed through you know probably parents and society then it's very easy to change the program and so I changed the program from negative I used to talk about all the dramas and the negative things oh my goodness so once I discovered the secret then I trained it to be positive and so then as I moved as as I went along What you'll find if people find this themselves is if you're really grateful, for example, your mind is very quiet 
goes quiet because gratitude brings you into the present. And so the mind can't be in the present. It's, it's only in the past and in the, in the future. So it's flipping back to the past and it's projecting into the future, but the mind can't be in the present. And, and just in case somebody's thinking, oh, yes, it is, because I can, I can say I'm in the present and then the mind's in the present. No, because when you say I'm in the present, it's already in the past. And it's so tricky because that is the place where everything is all the happiness, all the love, all the clarity, all the intelligence that you are. And I'm not talking about what college you went to and how many degrees you got. It's nothing to do with it. You are the intelligence of the entire universe of all existence. But you will only find that here and now. And you will not find it in the mind that's flipping from the past to the future. You mentioned about the past. And one of the big things that I've encountered in my life is this idea, which is really heavily put forward, is that who you are is built out of what you've been through in the past. And of course, what what I've been through, as you mentioned, my conditioning, wherever that's come from, and, and, and all my understandings and impressions that I've gathered are actually forming that flatmate's voice. So the past is trying to own my present and it's doing a very good job of it and as and is almost shielding me from life because i have this idea that of course i've gathered my my importance my individuality my real power from what i've done and achieved and been through and what have you whereas in fact actually I, I recognize this because when I was 18 and playing the first few games of my career, I was so free and spontaneous and instinctive. And when I was 26 and I'd won quite a few things, I was so controlling and limited because I just had a really strong idea of who I was by that point. And I think returning to that childlike status of just understanding, I don't really know anything. And that, you know, all I know is, like you said, I'm just grateful to be alive. And suddenly you return to a bit more of the, the aliveness in me. But that's, that's, yeah, so it, it, do you spend much time there for, what, what does the past hold for you? What role does it play for you? So one of the things that has been part of my journey is to strip the mind of uh, as much as possible. And so the subconscious mind, I really studied that for a long time, many years actually. And so the subconscious mind holds all of our feelings, which have been suppressed, and it holds all of our beliefs and therefore it has billions of thoughts, just billions of them, and the thoughts are attached to the feelings. And so very often for a lot of people, those thoughts are just coming up all of the time from, from being suppressed. That's why if you don't have a lot of money and you've been conditioned then when you try and think about abundance, you'll find these thoughts that come up. You're not telling the truth. You don't You don't have that. You're just pretending and all of that because they're the thoughts that have been suppressed. So very often they can be running our life. This, is this where guilt and people feeling guilty about having money or feeling like if you have a certain amount of money, for me it was always an interesting one. If things were going too well, I'd immediately be thinking, where's the where's the big sort of come down? Something's going to happen in a minute to take all this away almost. That kind of thought you're talking about. That's a very common belief. Yeah. This is too good to be true. Uh-oh, something bad's coming. You know, whereas we should be thinking something good is about to happen. Every day we should be thinking something good is about to happen because it's too good to be true. Uh-oh, things are too good. Something bad's on its way is all the mind, except that if you believe it, you'll create it, right? Then something bad will happen. But you asked me about memory. So what I did was, and I knew memory was stored in the subconscious mind, thoughts stored there, beliefs stored there. So what I have done in the last few years is I have asked to be shown anything that needs to be released that is not serving me from realising who I am, not realising because I know who, who we all are, but from being fully who I am. So I asked, and the subconscious mind must obey, it can't reason, and so I asked that it reveal all of the things that are not serving me. And so one by one, these memories have arisen, and it's been fantastic because I've just, 
wow, I never, like, I, I didn't remember that. It must be so deep in the subconscious mind down, cobweb hallways <laughs> and, you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> and I would see this memory and then I would just do what you do for your feelings, same thing, you know, let it be here. Don't try and change it. Don't try and fix it. So just kind of welcome it and allow it and it just dissolves. So I've been doing that a lot with memories, with beliefs, with negative concepts and thoughts and with negative feelings. And so now I hardly have any negative memories. I Something incredible happens. It's like you change the past. A lot of people said that can't be done. <laughs> yeah, you erase it. It like gets erased, that that thing that bothered you when you welcome it, it's just bothering you because it's trapped in the subconscious mind. And so when you release it, if you do a really good job of releasing it, you will never remember it because it's not the memory isn't there anymore. And so then you're free of that as well. So that is something that I've done with memory. And so therefore I only remember something if it serves me, which is really not coming from the mind, but really coming from beyond the mind, from awareness. Almost your creativity as well. Yeah, whatever experience I've had of re- releasing emotion from memories is that it kind of almost frees up creativity so that I can start to think, I can start to, well, not even, I don't even know what I'm going to think about, but I get more inspiration as opposed to calculated thoughts that are coming from a, almost like a formula that I've put in place and is deducing life. Now I'm getting sporadic kind of, whoa, where did that come from? And whereas I was very machine-like because of how I'd constructed myself. Oh, that's beautiful that you said that machine-like because the mind is a machine. You know, it's very mechanical. But even when you're saying that, you look at when I think about my best, you mentioned effortless before. And for me, it's when when you're flowing. And then you mentioned the workings of the mind as machine-like and fixed and all these things are in the complete opposite direction of effortless flowing and connecting and and sort of compassion and open and expanding it's it's the opposite and I guess that's the choice in every moment that you've followed it seems like to actually just choose that other route and just into the unknown almost. The difference between who we think we are if we've not gone on this journey but that we think we're this body and mind and that we're all of our opinions and beliefs and all of those things we are in truth the absolute opposite to that and so who we really are is completely free of judgment is completely free therefore of negativity is totally allowing of everything so therefore nothing sticks to us because we're totally allowing everything just flows through pure happiness all the intelligence in the world the only one power in the world is who we are who we truly are we are not something that is born and dies and the first step is to realize that the thoughts that your mind is offering not reality they're just thoughts and you can use thoughts for your own benefit to manifest something you want but a commentary of uh, judgment that's the mind that's the mind that's the ego and we are not that we are the most glorious incredible magnificent being who I think we were incredibly courageous to come and have this physical experience to become so limited right we're totally unlimited and yet we come into this world defenseless as a baby you know that is the ultimate in limitation right and we are here to wake up wake up and to remember who we really are and I hope in our conversation that um some people do. It doesn't matter what you have done in the past. Let all that story go of the person and realise the incredible being that you are. I think that's a pretty strong uh, a strong point to finish on. In fact, I, was, I always like to finish, and I think you might have got there before me, with getting your take on, on what, what's a life well lived for you. But, but it may be a better phrase here is, what does living life fully mean? to you with all these understandings you have now if if 
if you knew you were living life fully, what does it feel like? What does it mean to you? What's your definition of, of that? Okay, so you you have permanent lasting happiness that never leaves you, that's here all of the time, and that you're fully aware. You know, you you are fully conscious and you you are fully aware of who you are. And I other than the experiences we have on earth, I believe that we are all here to realize who we are and to go home because home is the full realization of who who we are and and so to be very conscious and to be aware of who you are that you're invincible and when you realize that you you have permanent happiness because happiness is who we are we're not a being that is happy we are happiness <laughs> That's what we are. We're not a being that's intelligent. We are intelligence. We're not a being actually that has power. We are the one and only power. And so to be to live your life fully self-realized, oh my gosh. Now that's a life worth living. I have to say that the power of that that experience you know, is is incredible in itself. But even just the the notion that if you for me anyway like we mentioned getting to somewhere and realizing that the answer wasn't in all those things wasn't in people's opinions wasn't in having people say things about you the answer's been in every moment just a choice to say am I going to move towards myself or away and I think you mentioned before I heard you speak some somewhere before about how life is actually helping us move home help helping us home by pointing out where our resistance is and where that opportunity next is and I think that's that for me is, is definitely a life well lived, a movement towards your yourself in, in every opportunity. Yes, yes. Every second of every moment that we live, every second, every word, every conversation, event and circumstance is pointing us toward home. So it's all a gift. It's all a gift. It's all a gift. Rhonda, thank you so, so much. Your work, your influence, your being, your energy is, is just a major sort of part of my life and and I want to thank you hugely for the help I know and for the assistance and the inspiration you'll give so many more as well and I would urge anyone to to go go get involved and and discover more because I could be here for hours on end and just say thank you once again. Thank you so much Johnny for having me thank you it's been lovely to talk to you loved every second. And just like that we're at the end of another episode of I Am. I'm so so grateful to all of you for listening in I'm enormously keen that this be a two-way conversation. So if you've got any thoughts, questions, ideas, anything that's been inspired by these conversations, anything you just want to get off your chest and get out there, then please send them across in the reviews or just get in touch on social media. I absolutely love holding these types of discussions. I do believe there is no more powerful an opportunity in life than to look at what we can make of our time here on earth, individually and collectively. There's so much scope and depth in these conversations and all the learnings and lessons I do feel are limitless. If you haven't already and you want to know a little bit more about why I'm holding this space and talking to these guests, then do head over to the Tuesday episodes. There I'll explain my journey and my history with these people. I'll also use this time to answer any of your questions, so don't hesitate to get in touch and I'd love it if you'd rate, review, follow and subscribe to the show. Until next week, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to I Am with me, Johnny Wilkinson. This show is brought to you by Mags Creative. The executive producer is Megan Hill-Smith and our editor is Kit Milson.